0: Hello, welcome to Sitcom Geeks. I'm Dave Cohen and I'm James Carey. And this is episode 209 of the podcast and uh, I think it's about our 8th anniversary, James. I just realized oh. we started in about January 2015, oh, I think. So,
1: 2015. Gosh. Yeah. Those heady um, innocent days. <laughs> yeah.
0: Mm. I'm still bald, but uh maybe Yeah, it go. tends
1: that tends not to go the other way unless you yeah, yeah. get the um <laughs> more
0: get the people treatment. have caught up with me though okay. since then. Yeah. So we thought, you know, start of the year, New Year's resolutions, all those kind of things. Um and so we thought we would like to do an episode to talk about talk about the dream. What is the dream these days and is it still
1: worth following? So what do you reckon, James? Well, yeah, it's a really good question because, I mean, I think, and I recently did a, a webinar about this that you can get access to, and I'll, I'll mention that uh, near the time, but it's just worth thinking that the dream is to get your own show on TV, I guess. I mean, that's kind of the, the main thing. But actually, is that even the dream? Is the dream just to work? Is the dream to be happy? But whatever you decide your dream is, it's just worth bearing in mind that pursuing that dream takes an awful lot of time. And is that time you want to spend doing this or is that time you'd rather spend doing something else? So in a way, whatever your dream is, you just got to work out is is what it takes to get that dream uh, worth it. But as I always say on this podcast, people like laughing and they like watching television. And in 2023, that will remain the case. And I suspect will remain the case until 2040, at which point <laughs> we'll have intelligent probes shoved in our ears which will just give us the feeling of having watched Frasier and then we're all out of a job but until that point yeah you're not wasting your time Frasier
0: and and Niles will be in our living room and uh, Martin's yeah. chair will be someone will actually knock yeah. on our door and they'll bring Martin's chair in so yeah. that's 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 the Mark Zuckerberg's vision of the future yeah. I think but yeah. but I think it is worth talking a little bit about how things have changed because um, I come from a, a generation and, and James you come from quite Uh, a a much later generation. Not much later, a bit later. But I think we still, I think the way that we both came into comedy, it has been the same and had been the same and stayed the same for a good 40 years, I would think. But I would definitely feel that in the last kind of four or five years, say, the various things that have come together to have have changed things. And I know from uh, writing the uh, complete comedy writer doing a second version of it, when I wrote it in 2018, I was still saying, you know, the quickest way in the, to get a career as a comedy writer is uh, write topical jokes and you, if you get them on the radio, then you get to meet BBC producers. You get asked to write for other radio shows, et cetera, et cetera. That, that kind of doesn't really happen anymore. I mean, you can still write jokes and get them on and you get credits and you get the pittance, whatever it is, yeah. 20, 20 quid for a joke. So, um, so it was never about the money at that point but what it was about was that it got you into the bbc and you were walking in the same corridors as all the people who were making programs and you know you knew what was being made and you knew who the producers were and if you could have a half decent writer you you got work and that led to more work um that 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 was the same for you i guess james yeah Yeah,
1: that was still the one of the main ways in for non-performing writers which was the vast majority of people were non performing writers back in <clears throat> 1998, 99 when I was sort of starting out. So, uh, yeah, it felt like this is the bottom rung of a ladder, but everyone has access to these bottom rungs and you can climb up if you start regularly producing jokes for what was weekending and the news hudlines, they were Mm -hmm. the two main shows. And if you did your time on those after a year or two and you were regular, you would get a bit of a regular commission and you'd feel like you were getting somewhere and you would feel like they might be open to some other ideas and you might be seconded onto some other um, panel game or show or something that Radio 4 was doing. And it felt, you know, it it was still fairly um you know you couldn't quit your day job or anything by any means but you you could you could start to make your way uh with the great absolute behemoth that was and still to some extent is the bbc um you know which back then was responsible for 50% of all comedy on tv and radio i mean mm. all, all comedy on radio because there was no podcasting um and you know half if not more than half it was probably putting out more comedy. BBC One and Two were putting out more comedy than than ITV and Channel Four, maybe but by a little margin. But it felt like you were getting somewhere, and that you were realistic at ITV and Channel Four um, as well. But obviously, since then, there are loads more markets. There are loads more people trying to do it. It suits people who don't, who can't go to London and take part in these shows and. Um, don 't have access to a fax machine, uh, which is what some of us had to have at the time, so in a way, the access is much more open but of course what and but now the idea that you could be a full time writer is much more of a thing, so suddenly it 's much more competitive, so to some extent, it swings and roundabouts but one thing I said the other day in this situation was turning up regularly and producing work is still a good thing to do i know it 's part of your you know practical practical top five so we'll get to those in a minute but mm. in a way the way that we went in or the way that i got in is, is still a way in uh, but it's just not one of the main ways in it's just a way uh, in
0: yeah i think so and i i think it, it isn't that all those ways have have been closed off and and also you can look and see obviously with the internet and online sketches and everything else how you know so many other ways have been opened but it is it is the idea and i and i think there are a few kind of snake oil salesmen around yeah. saying you know this is how to how to get make a living you know and I, you know i used to do a course called make a living as a mm-hmm. comedy writer and i i wouldn't i couldn't do that now you know i wouldn't mm-hmm. i wouldn't want to do that now because i think it's a it's a kind of overselling what, what is out there, but that doesn't mean you can't actually go out there and do those things. As you say, turning up is, 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 uh, and, and doing this stuff, um, is important. The second thing I think though, to, to mention on, on, uh, you know, not, not, uh, not, not, wishing to start <laughs> 2023 by saying, Oh, happy new year, everyone. First of all, uh, stop. And, um, secondly, uh, there's a, huge recession on at the moment and um what do you how could um, we possibly imagine that we're going to launch our comedy careers while there's a, a recession on? um which is again is not is a not unreasonable thing to say and certainly all the streaming companies are sort of cutting back but there are there are ways uh, that you can do it and um ways that can be can be fun as well uh yes you have to imagine that it's all fun and exciting um and and not that this is going to be the thing that is going to be uh you know this is my this is my future and um i think the point is that you know what i i know everyone feels the world is in a terrible state and everything going to get worse before it gets better but my experience on this planet so far is that uh, recessions happen, but they do eventually uh, give way to a new economic cycle. So it's we, you're, you're you're looking at wanting to be sort of well placed in a situation, say, like a year, a year and a half from now, and uh i've actually i've got a new short little book out called ready steady joke which um if you go to my website devcoin.org.uk, you sign up there you'll get that you'll get it um there it's a free book and it's just a little kind of program for how to really how to, how to kind of get on you know in the next year or so to work out how to plan your future just to get into habits good habits just to write you know, write every day. We talked about this before. Do you write every day or not? Well, you know, we write as often as possible, but that doesn't mean I'm writing my great Meister work now. It can mean last night I watched an old episode of Frasier and this happened and this happened and this was really good. And I like that kind of idea for what they did with that plot. So that's, that to me is writing because you're, you're learning from it and you're, you're you're sort of putting stuff down there, um, and I mean, you know, other things like, you know, being healthy, looking after your health, which again we've talked about before. Are the, these are kind of crucial things if you want to have a long term, uh, long term career. I mean, jump in, James, if you've got any other things that. Yeah, you, uh,
1: I think want. looking after yourself is really important. And this time last year, we sort of did did a bit about that. So maybe go back and look for those episodes but i think again the thing that will drive you nuts is what you're trying to achieve in this in out of this and i think yeah being well placed so that when things pick up you're ready to go i think is really important so that you're in a good place and actually that you've got a decent body of work you've got stuff to talk about when you've got meetings um, that you're reading stuff that's of interest that you're watching things that you're going places you're experiencing things I think living life is massively underrated because if you're if you don't want to live life you know I mean maybe you've had some traumatic experiences and you can write about that and you've had plenty of life already thank you very much and you don't (laughs) particularly want any new adventures you know that's understandable But overall, I think this desire to be a writer, become a writer, be known as a writer, be identified as a writer, I think takes over so that suddenly you're just trying to find things to write rather than living life and then writing about them. Um, I really do think that uh, you do need to get everything into the right kind of perspective. Um, Because although you say things are turning down a bit and there's a recession on, as I say, people still watch TV, they're still making comedy, um, they're still making comedy dramas. There is work out there, um, and people are doing it. And so, if you want to be, if you want to be on the list for people who may be in contention to do this work or that work, then get busy. And I, I really like you've got this nice list uh, on our notes here about what practical things you can do. And the first one, Dave, to steal your thunder is to let go of things over which you have no control. So. Do the things that you can and stop worrying about the things that you can't uh, control. So do you want to say a bit about that? I think that's great advice. Yeah.
0: No, I think that, I, I mean, that is a very, very important thing. And a uh, part of the problem with that, and again, I kind of know this a little bit, having started out my relatively new career as a, as a novelist, is you don't always necessarily know what those things are, but you, will, you, you find out fairly quickly. And... You really, uh, you know, you, it's it, it's it's just about thinking. Well, these are things that are, you know, it, it's, for instance, let's say you enter the you entered the BBC Writers' Room uh, open call for comedy drama. Um, I'm pleased to say, I mean, I I've worked with a few writers over the over the kind of period when that window was open, and and then the thing that I was kind of pushing for writers was to say, look, don't, you're not you're not entering it to to, to to win it. You're entering it to kind of find your, you're trying to find your, whatever your voice is. And again, mm. we've talked a lot about what's your voice and things, but, but it's about, you know, they're not looking for an episode to make. They're looking for a writer. They're looking for you mm. and they're looking to find out, um, to, to, to find people like you and the, the way that you find out, who you are as a writer is to write stuff. And uh and you know, so it's a competition. Um, well, you know, several thousand people have entered. And I mean, you may have written the ninth best script by any definition, but you know, that's not gonna that's not gonna get you anywhere. So so, yeah. you know, you might as well look at the kind of odds, you know, the thousands of people who enter and just say, well, look, I'm not entering it to to win a prize i'm entering it because here's someone who set me a deadline which is again it's a very important thing to learn about is to to write to a deadline to finish the thing that you you've started i'm going to write it to the deadline i'm going to make it as original as i can i'm going to have as much of my my voice in there i'm not going to try and be like anyone else i'm not going to try and write the greatest show ever although i guess we all have that in our head when we're writing but I'm looking to develop my ability as a writer on this so that's mm. it that's the mindset rather than thinking oh and and if I get chosen by BBC Writers Room well great you'll get a year's mentoring from BBC mm. Writers Room fantastic I and mean, that'll be really helpful but you know there's a kind of 99.9% chance that you won't get that yeah. so if you're going to enter it that's not got to be the the the, the reason for entering yeah.
1: it. I think the other thing that comes up on this is, you know, you sent them a let's say you entered the comedy drama writers thing for the writers room or drama or whatever. And you don't have any control over the fact that 6000 other people are going to enter and your chances of winning are very small or getting in the getting in the final shortlist. What you do have control over is the script. And the number of times when you know we, we speak to people in the situation who are entering for those competitions, and they say, "Oh, I sent I sent a script in, but it wasn't very good." To which begs the question, "Well, well, why, why, why wasn't it very good? Because I, you know, I know I did it didn't work very well. I tried it, and it's like, well, why didn't you start sooner? Why didn't you fix it? Why didn't you?" So it's like you don't have any control over certain things, but what you do have a control over is the script, and you've also got even greater control over the script that you send next year. And it's worth having a really good half hour script, sitcom script or comedy drama script and have can take control over that and take responsibility for it. But it is amazing, I think, how often and I know there's an element of emotional self-insurance. So you say, well, it wasn't very good. So if I don't win, I won't be crushed. I would say, well, you're not really going to get very far if you're sending them a script that even you know isn't really much cop. So um, decide to, to write a really good one. Um, there are lots of other competitions as well over the course of the year. So if you're starting one now, there's probably another one be- before the writer's room next year, and there probably will be a writer's room next year. Mm-hmm. But just bear in mind that you do have control over the scripts that you send, even if you have no control over how they are read and judged and marked. But yeah, it is a very common thing that we hear. People say the script isn't any good. And, you know, and, and, and we're guilty of saying that ourselves as well, Dave and I too. But there's a point where it really has to be good. And, and if you're in a situation where you're working on an existing show, and I've been in that situation a few times, it doesn't really cut it if you send in a script. If draft two is no good and it's no better than draft one, they'll say, well, this is no better than draft one. Why have you done this? And you say, oh, sorry, I know it's no good. Oh, okay. Well, what, you know, so but why aren't you being professional about it? So if you want to be professional, be professional. Um, and it starts now. You know, that's a little bit of good cop, bad cop there. I've just been bad cop. <laughs> but it's the start of the new year. So pull yourself together. Uh, let's, let's do this. Am I, am I? I'm not being too harsh, there, am I, Dave?
0: No, no. And also, it's the fifth of Jan, so you're already depressed because you have already broken your New Year's <laughs> resolutions, haven't you? So you haven't um, written every day already. You, one you one missed, has, yeah, Yes, that's right. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. You missed out days two and three yeah. to start with.
0: I, I think so. I mean, I, I I would reframe that slightly because I'm. I mean, I do. I, I, again, it, 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 you don't always know when something is is good or bad, and you do kind of. When you're starting out, you know you kind of uh, you, 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 are, you there's a bit of guesswork there, and you know even a very skilled comedy writer or comedy performer can write stuff and, and stand up or write jokes mm. and try them out and they don't work, and they were sure that they were good when they wrote them. So so there there is always that element of doubt, but um, I th- I think and. I think the point is actually rather than that mindset, which you mentioned, which is the sort of self-protection, I suppose really of, uh, yeah, well, I knew it wasn't that good anyway. Well, it's sort of like, well, actually stop and say well why am i thinking that beyond beyond the emotional self-protection why why do i think it's not so good Mm. and then you start to look at you know you can break it down into things okay so let's have a look at this story is this story i hope you read stories and watch tv and you know you kind of understand the how stories work and their structure and you think well have i have I put enough tension in here or is is this character, is this the sort of thing characters say, is that a bit too much of a coincidence there? You know, just analyze it. Like you would be, if you were, you, you would do sort of naturally when you're watching a TV show, you will go, Oh, I saw that coming, you know, or mm. you're reading a book and you think, "Um, oh, this character's a bit boring, you know? So you can do it when you're looking at other people's work and it is harder when it's your own, but just, And apply
1: those rules. Can I just use a bake-off analogy? By all means. It's really annoying when they know they've got two and a half hours to do this bread-related thing. And (laughs) they say, Oh, I'm gonna do I'm gonna use rye flour. And Paul Hollywood's like saying, Oh, really? Because in two and a half time two and a half hours, you're gonna (laughs) really struggle for that to prove in time (laughs) and then to get the right rise on the bake. And yeah, yeah, no, I know. Okay, well, good luck. And then They then say that they've done this in practice and it's never quite worked. And then when it comes to it, yeah, it didn't really rise, did it? Yeah, that's (laughs) right. It's like you said at the beginning that you were going to do something that was sort of physically impossible. You were expecting Rye flour to come together in two and a half hours. He knew what the problem was going to be. You knew that it was a problem, but you did it anyway. Why, (laughs) Why would you do that? You know, there's always one in every round where their plan from the beginning is flawed and they know it and they just are not willing to change the plan (laughs) so that's kind of why I I know how common it is to sort of persist with this sitcom idea that you know can't really work or it's just a bit too this or you're not the person really that can write it so bin it do something else (laughs) you know it's that sunk cost fallacy thing isn't it Mm. I've already spent so much time on it I can't bear to not do it anymore it's like no please seriously (laughs) change it do it
0: I'd like to um, continue the analogy just because uh, this exact issue came up in a blog that I read every week from a, uh, an American self-publisher, okay. uh, who's very good, but I've watched every season of the Great British Baking Show, as it's called in America, mm. uh, and, and without be without fail, she says, two behavioural patterns repeat themselves every time. One, bakers do more than is required, by the challenge and two, they attempt to redeem themselves after a specific failure. And she goes on, it's basically what she says is that, you know, when they they if they don't if they haven't done it right, which is a sort of a bit of a follow-on from what you've said yeah. there, they don't go, okay, tomorrow's another day, I'll go this and I'll try that, I'll try that. They sort of they're still carrying the kind of yeah. burden in the way that so many writers I know who've written that one script that they're Totally attached to that yeah. has been rejected by several competitions. Okay, ah, now if I just just make this, this is the most brilliant sketch. It's the biggest idea in my heart I've ever had, and it's really great. And I'm not letting go of it. And they just they'll just keep trying to kind of work on it. Well, you know, try and work on on something else as well. And that was going to be the next point that I was going, yeah. going to say, which is you know, write sketches, do the right sketches. And uh, and even more so than when we're saying, you know, Writer's Room are not going to make your uh, sitcom or your comedy drama. Uh, nobody at this point is going to make your sketches because very few people are actually making sketches. I mean, TV shows are hardly any sketches. I think there's probably the odd radio show. But generally, sketches are not being made except by people online um, where they're becoming very popular. So it is definitely worth writing sketches because there is now a growing online call for sketches, but also sketches are just very useful for learning how to write uh, scenes Hmm. or learning how to write story, you know, kind of of telling a story. They're just, they're they're like practice, practice Hmm. writing. Yeah. At their worst, they are good practice for for other things. At their best, you know, if you find you've got a knack for writing sketches and you put together your own stuff and you get to know performers and things, you know, it's never been easier to make your own sketches. So it's it's really worth thinking about that, I think.
1: Yeah. There's um there was this year a radio four show called DMs Are Open, and then there's another one coming, Mm -hmm. which I think Bill Dare is doing yeah. which is a uh, please story. use other
0: door that's called yeah
1: so so there is there is some demand out there it's not what it used to be 25 mm. years ago but sketches are and they are just the building blocks of comedy and they demonstrate that you can execute stuff they demonstrate demonstrate it to you as much as anything else and i think we increasingly read sketches sorry we increasingly read sitcom scripts where the dialogue sounds fine and the characters might be okay but they're just talking and a scene is just people talking. And then we cut to another scene and it's other people talking. And then we cut back to the original scene and it's the same people still talking. Whereas if you've got that discipline of a sketch where a character's trying to achieve something, there's a complication, they have to moderate their plan and then leave the scene with a different plan. And so, you know, so sketches really are the building blocks of sitcoms. Each scene is like a mini sketch. Whereas I think sometimes we find people often in love with their own dialogue and characters. And again, it's often perfectly readable, but you realise that you've read 12 pages and nothing's happened. That's a really, really serious, really, really common problem. So um, sketches will really kind of uh, get you out of that. I mean, that is like doing an assault course uh, so that you're match fit. Uh, So I do highly recommend that. And again... Going on to your next one, Dave, although there's not a big market for sketches, you could perform the sketches. Mm. um, And there are increasingly places where you can either perform yourself. There's still the Edinburgh Festival, still a thing, but there's lots of other things too. You could make it yourself for YouTube. It's interesting how people are now filming sort of zero budget things. In fact, we spoke to him a few episodes ago, Fergus Craig. He's just sort of been doing another character on Twitter. Uh, with little short videos that clearly cost literally zero to film and they're just really nice really tight uh characters and so it really can be done uh if you really want to do it if you really want to take back control uh of your career um Mm. so you can you can perform
0: and and, you know performing you can join a local improv group or a local amdram group or something Mm -hmm. but but and 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 we know you know writers so many writers say oh i could never perform but well you have to in that case um become a producer um be a writer producer because that's the you know you need you meet performance get performers to do your work and if you don't if you don't trust yourself filming then find someone you know there's there's millions of people out there who will film stuff for you or do you know you can actually get a team together yourself and the, the, you know, the writing, if, if you're, if all you're prepared to do is write um, you're kind of cutting off all sorts of routes uh, mm. for yourself. There, I, I think, because, you know, there are lots and lots of people out there writing, but, you know, for instance, the, the, when, you know, we were talking earlier about how for James and I, it was the same, very similar route through the BBC and um, the uh, producers back then. And when James was there, as much as when I started, they spent a lot of their time reading scripts. And I reckon nowadays they probably just spend a lot of their time uh, watching videos and going to gigs uh, rather than, you know, if if there are still gigs happening. So, you know, producers are, almost certainly not reading as many scripts as they used to. So, you know, rather than go, oh well, that's it. I might as well just give up now. You know, just well, what can I do? What ways what ways round can you find yeah. for that and then, you know, either perform or find performers. Yeah. That's um that's that's sort of, sort of just just on this list of the practical things you can do. So, as as Jane mentioned there's five uh, five things in total. So letting go of things over which you have no control is number one. Um, writing sketches, we've said, and performing, so that's two and three. And then, you know, writing topical one-liners, it is still a thing. As we said, it's not going to get you, it's not going to uh, turbo boost your career in the way that, you know, we were lucky Lucky that it did help us. But it will get your name out there. It will get you work. It will get you seen by Producers and these new young producers who are making shows like Breaking the News and DMs are open are you know in two three four five years time they'll be they'll be making other shows on TV and they'll your name will be uh, on their list so it's really worth it from that point of view so the last practical thing we were going to talk a little bit more about I think in a bit more detail is um, is doing a course Um, so. And again, this is something relatively new. I mean there have been creative writing courses for many years in colleges um universities and I'm sure well I know there have been some that are for comedy you know some some you'll do a you'll do a drama module uh you may do a stand up module you might do a crime novel writing module and maybe you'll do a sort of comedy t v script module so you get a very good overall grounding, I think. But now in the last two or three, well, the last five, six years, really, I suppose, there's been the more specific comedy writing courses. So the one that we know best, I think, is the National Film Television School, um, which, amazingly, has actually been running for about 10 years now, or is coming up for 10 years so that was and that was started with uh Bill Dare started it and he's still a working writer working producer. We've hear a lot of names of people who have graduated from that um in the last sort of few years that's probably a uh, a worthwhile one. There's one that Simon Nichols who was a radio producer and I worked with a lot in uh, the the noughties. Uh he's set up at Falmouth University. Um, and I think there are other ones as well for comedy, but they are, you know, they're like university degrees, and you you have to pay a massive whack tuition fee um, to to do them. So you need to have a kind of spare ten grand in your you know available. More than that, is it?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. or and debt, you know, it's so yeah. The courses, I'm sure, are great. The NFTS one is good, and I've done a bit with them for that, and I've mentored one or two folks through it as well. And so it's, they're, they're not bad. It's just they're a lot of money. Yeah. And um people didn't used to do these things, and yet they used to still be comedy anyway. So I, I just sort of question whether they really are the right thing for you. But, if you, I mean, if, it's not for me to say they're not the right thing for you, and if you want to do them. For some people, they need that kind of discipline of, being with other people and deadlines and all that kind of stuff. But if you need deadlines and that kind of stuff, and I'm not sure you actually really want to be a writer, do you? So like, I shouldn't be able to stop you from writing. So I don't know. The courses themselves, I'm sure, are good, but it's a lot of money. And if you listen to 200 episodes of Sitcom Geeks, you probably pick up quite a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just maybe it's just because I figured there weren't any courses when I started out. You know, I've got a degree in theology from the University of Durham, and I and I loved comedy. And so it's like, well, how does a sitcom work? Well, I've watched a load of sitcoms. I spent my life growing up watching sitcoms, and I just sort of figured it out. Um, and I'm not mm. particularly bright or anything. As I say, I went to Durham. I didn't go to Cambridge. So um, in a in a way, I just sort of think if you just watch stuff and read scripts and use your brain a bit, then a lot of this stuff kind of comes together. But I don't know. I mean, I've probably had some fortune in terms of experience of doing comedy whilst at university. Um, and then I was kind of, you know, fairly lucky with the people that I met when I started out on my career. So maybe it's just all skewed and I have no idea what it's really like. But I just think it is a lot of money. I
0: mean, I think there were there has always been Oxbridge, and mm. Ox, Oxbridge was always a route to comedy, and probably almost certainly still is the Cambridge Footlights. Of mm. course, I mean, think of uh, you know so many so many famous names, you know, from back from John Cleese and Alan Bennett back in those days, and Peter Cook and Dudley Moore, and, and then through to people like sort of David Mitchell and. Uh, um, the um gosh i mean so if i if,
1: if i'd got into cambridge i would have been there at yeah. the same time as mitchell and webb and yeah. uh richard aiwadi and john oliver yeah and people like that who are all incredibly funny people so this idea mm-hmm. that it's not you know that their their comedy success is not without merit is just is is not yeah is not really particularly constructive again you don't have any control over who gets no. into cambridge so don't waste too much time being cross yeah. about it.
0: <laughs> Emma Thompson, Hugh Laurie, Stephen Fry mm. uh, were around the time that I, I, I would have been yep. uh, if I'd gone to Cambridge. Um, but then again, I was also, I was around, I was genuinely around at a very, very early time of when the people were, you know, Rick Mayle and Ade Edmondson and Nigel Plainer and Alexi Sale, and that, that didn't get me anywhere. <laughs> so right. I spent another five years... Messing about, you know, being a journalist before I actually then started a proper comedy career. So, so yeah, but I mean, I think the plus is definitely what you say the kind of being in a room with a group of people trying to create comedy is good. Yeah. Because, and again, we say, why do writers, why do comedy writers write in pairs more than anything else? Well, you know, you have to, you have to make another, at least one other person laugh. Mm. Um, So that, that, that kind of thing is, um, you know, it it, 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 it is useful, but a lot of, there is a lot of free stuff out there, you know, done by us apart from yeah. anything else. As, as James says, this is, um, so we're on episode 209 now. And I mean, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of really, I think there's a lot of useful stuff there and we've both written tons of blogs and books mm. and things. So, so, you know, there is, there is plenty there, but I mean, if you do want to get into the, you know, the, the actual, you know, kind of nitty gritty in the, detail of it you know and we both we both do Courses where we work much more, yeah. you know, hands-on with with individual writers. And you've got your uh, your um, yes. sitcom room,
1: haven't you? So I've got no. the, so the situation room is a YouTube situation channel. Room. But also, yeah. I've I've done a video course, a twelve lesson video course, which is pretty much start to finish write a sitcom script, called Writing Your Sitcom, and it's still available. Um, and you just do it at your own pace. And there's videos and resources and loads of bonus videos and everything. So if that sounds of interest, if you go to my uh, blog which is sitcomgeek.blogspot.com then you'll find a link to that and also that uh, webinar I mentioned earlier about sort of how to make 2023 go a bit better than 2022. So um, so yeah so there is a video course uh, which I do and lots of people have done and they've really liked it. Some people though struggle to finish it because they need the other people to get them through it but but for me, I, I started out writing on my own. I didn't need anyone motivating me to do it. I just really wanted to do it. So, you know, everyone's a bit different. So, one size mm. does not fit all. So, hopefully, we've covered quite a lot of of, of bases uh, with this. Yeah,
0: which which kind of brings us to the the last point, really, because uh, I I think you mentioned that the uh, the opening what what you say in the opening of that um webinar
1: webinar, yeah, yeah. I, d- I do describe it as a part intervention um so there's an element of saying do you really want to do this why do you want to do it if you if you want to do it because you want to be a writer or be known as a writer or impress people or even make money which is a truly terrible reason to want to become a writer hmm. then you know i i wouldn't recommend it but also just bear in mind that it takes so much time to to do the things that you need to do in order to sort of build up a body of work so that you are trusted To, for example, do your own sitcoms. If you want to do your own sitcom, you're asking someone to spend about 1.6 million pounds making it. Now, in order for them to trust you to write all six episodes, rather than take it off you and give it to someone like me to write, you need a sort of a bit of a body of work, and it's got to be sort of not nothing. Doesn't have to be loads, but it has to be something regular and decent, um, and consistent, and. The time it takes to do all those things is time you're spending not doing other things, so if you want a different hobby, if you want different relationships, if you want if you have other hopes and dreams then then it's worth thinking, would you rather do those, or maybe for twenty twenty three try something else and then come back to it um yeah. so it's not I'm not telling you to give up, but I'm just saying <laughs> consider giving up um <laughs> yeah. because it's really, really hard. And as I've said on this podcast many times before now, no one has asked you to do this. So this is all entirely off your own back. So maybe just take a break for a few months and just decide maybe I'll come back to it over the summer. Maybe I'll see what happens if I don't do it and see if I miss it. And actually, it's quite surprising when you give something up. It turns out that you only did it because you allowed it to define you in some way. And actually, once you've stopped doing it, it turns out you didn't need to do it as much as you thought you did. Or... That there's something else that you're more interested in. You're actually more interested in sound design. You're actually more interested in locations. You're actually more interested in prose, in in writing short stories. And that's fine too. But just have a really long, hard think about, you know, what you're trying to do uh, and what it costs you in terms of time to do it and whether there are other things that might require more time for a season and see how you go. Is that, that's not too (coughs) negative, is it?
0: Not at all, James. In fact, you were talking to me there. Oh, okay. Um, because, uh, you know, it's a question I ask myself a lot. And um, I, I've, I've kind of made this little um, this, uh, test for myself. Um, this, again, in terms of the, the, the novel writing, which, as I say, I, I feel like I'm in the same uh, boat as many of you who are listening to this who you know want to have a comedy writing career. I would like to have a novel writing career career um and I'm, I'm aware that the chances of that happening are absolutely minuscule, um and you know but there's still that little voice in my head saying oh maybe this is the best greatest novel since war and peace or whatever um but uh so i've got this uh the the, the test is that somebody comes from the future and they say to me uh dave i've seen the future and i can uh, tell you for a fact this is the one, the one absolute fact that I can tell you is that uh, your novel writing career is not going to happen. It's not going to go anywhere. Don't waste any more time with it. You've got the rest of your life, whatever you've got left, you know, uh, what are you going to do with the rest of your life now that you know that there is no future for you as a novel writer? So the question then is, well, would I? should I bother carrying on writing and i sort of think yeah i would i think i would i just like i just really enjoy writing novels and i've enjoyed the 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 whole process of it and you know uh it's something that i haven't lost even though i've kind of aware of the sense and i've learned in the last year or two that you know it's not going to be something that's going to uh, set the world on fire, um, but that you know, I might sell a few more copies or whatever. But it's a, it, but, but it's the the process, I'm, and it's writing for its own sake. And I actually think, yeah, you know, I probably would carry on doing it. And I think that's so. That's why I haven't sort of quit yet. I mean, I. Uh, I'm I'm now having said it out loud, having written that down. <laughs> I'm wondering, actually, Dave, maybe I should maybe I should just be writing sitcoms instead, you know. Um, but I, uh, the, the point is that it it is a hobby, and it's a hobby that I love. And if I never have any success with it, um, I don't care because I've been really enjoying it. And if that's how you feel about comedy writing, then you know, do keep. Keep going. Keep doing whatever it takes. But yeah. but do it. Do it for that love.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Um, my there's something that people keep saying to my daughter because she's really skilled at a particular thing. Uh, which throws up another question, which we will talk about over on the Patreon. So why don't you um, join us on Patreon and you'll get this episode early and longer. And you'll also hear me try to talk Dave out of being a novelist, um, <laughs> asking him to think of the children. Um, so uh, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah. But um, do go... Uh, so you can get a hold of Dave's book, Ready, Steady, Joke, by signing up to his uh, website. And that is... What, hmm. Dave.
0: That's davecohen.org.uk. Nice and easy there.
1: There you go, davecohen.org.uk. And go over to blogspot. No, go over to sitcomgeeksingular.blogspot.com or follow me on Twitter. I am sitcomgeeksingular and we are sitcomgeeks, plural. Mm. And uh, there will be links uh, to that webinar I did that you can get the replay of in a pay-what-you-like context. And also there's my video course, Writing uh, Your Sitcom two so thanks very much for listening everyone and we will speak to you again in a couple of weeks time cheerio thank you and bye